The Full Toss Podcast from Chester Borton Hall. Time for some lockdown cheer. Well, that's what we call it anyway. You're most welcome. This is the Full Toss podcast from Chester Borton Hall Cricket Club. My name's Jim Law and together with Lee Dixon, well, you know the score by now. This time round on the Full Toss, I'm delighted to say that we're joined by the first team captain or the outgoing first team captain who's just completed his final season as skipper. That is Rick Moore. Lee and myself will chat with Rick. There'll be a bit of a badger in there as well. And of course, as ever, we'll tell you about everything that's going on at Chester Borton Hall. Not a great deal. It's Cricket Jim, but not as we know it. Jim Law and Lee Dixon. The full toss. What's on at Chester Borton Hall? Right, well, this will be short and sweet. Now, obviously, with lockdown, the clubhouse isn't open at the moment. It's not been open open for a couple of weeks anyway. Uh, We did have an outside bar for Nomads Football last weekend. Uh, That was scheduled to continue, but obviously with lockdown now taking over, nothing will happen uh, beyond or before the 2nd of December at the earliest. Although we will, of course, stay up to date with everything that's going on. Dave Atkin, our health and safety guru, is on the case. So if anything changes, we will let you know. The best place to keep up to speed, of course, is on the website. Depending on when you're listening to this podcast, the AGM uh, may be around the corner or it's already happened. Uh, We have a programme, a podcast lined up for you very shortly to take you through the details of all of that. But nothing happening. I'm afraid, around the clubhouse just at the moment. The Full Toss Podcast from Chester Borton Hall. So, delighted that we've got Bill and Ben, uh, Rick and Lee with us on the podcast today. Rick taking a well-earned rest over the last couple of months or so. Yeah, it's always uh, always nice to have a few, uh, few weeks off after, um, after the season. Not uh, quite so many aches and pains, eh? <laughs> well, it's funny you say that, Jim. I managed to, still managed to pick up a couple of injuries, so... Uh... <laughs> Uh, yeah, a little bit. And you were struck down with the lurgy as well, weren't you? I did, mate. I uh, I, I had it, uh, the proverbial it at the moment. Um, so yes, yeah, so I had a, a couple of weeks of uh, rest at home, and uh, bit of fiddle now. Bit of fiddle, grand. And five years at Chester. Um, and I know Lee's got some questions for you at uh, uh, a little bit later on about. Um, about this particular season and uh, and, the, and the trophy cabinet is bare. But there's been some great highs, haven't there, Rick? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's been some uh, some some really big highs. Um, trying to, trying, I mean, the, the, nas- the national run we had in my first year, uh, the year after after we'd won the national, uh, was, was brilliant. Uh, league wins, cup wins. Yeah, so some absolutely brilliant highs, yeah. And a very odd season this year, though, wasn't it? With uh, with kind of all sorts of odd games put together, uh, a bit of a mishmash as it turned out, and some good performances and some not so good ones. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think I think if you'd have, if you'd have asked me in probably April and and I gave my honest answer, I didn't. I, I wouldn't have thought we'd have played any cricket at all. So I mean, from that point of view, it was great to actually play cricket. Um, like you say, there was there was some definite ups and downs, and and you know we we, we probably didn't do ourselves didn't do ourselves sort of a, a good service at certain times, and then certain times we completely excelled. So it's. Yeah, very, very mismatched. Very hard when you play in different formats week in, week out. Trying to adapt, trying to, you know, set the tide out in the best the best possible form we've got. But, you know, we we enjoyed the season. We, we got to give people a go that didn't normally get a go. Um, and, yeah, it was great to look at, look at a few new players and, and sort of see where they're at. And you'll have had uh, your, one of your best mates here um, or uh, in your ear for most of the season. Lee, of course, you won't next year or you won't have quite so many pressures to worry about next year when you con- concentrate on, on that batting. Lee, um, interesting year with Rick then. You've got some questions for him. Yeah, look, I think it's always great to get someone like Rick on, on the podcast because you can talk to him about so many different things. Like in that intro where you've just been talking there, uh, I could have jumped in three or four times. You know, Rick obviously talking about his aches and pains there. You know, it's interesting to see that he was carrying a bit of a, a shoulder injury throughout the season, but seems to have picked up a, a knee injury at the end of the year. You know, maybe he could give us an insight into how that was done. <laughs> um, Keep it clean, so, please. Uh, oh, no, oh, oh, very clean, Jim, very clean. It's just, uh, so obviously we had, we had our usual end of season uh End of season celebrations, or, socially distanced drinks, or commiserations, <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, I thought uh, thought it'd be a great idea to uh, to go and keep my mate company on his five k run at about eleven o'clock at night in the last game of the season. Uh, I think we got to the first corner, first turn on the outfield, and managed to fall down the banking to the first football pitch, <laughs> <laughs> and then couldn't holding, walk for holding a, a pint. Couldn't walk, uh, probably. And then couldn't walk for the next weeks. But it was very Mo Salah, Jim, because he blamed Sarhill for pushing him. And Sarhill was stood next to me. So he proceeded to tell everyone for the next half an hour that he was pushed down the bank. It's like an episode of EastEnders in the tent. It was a conspiracy theory. It was a coup. <laughs> so that's obviously one thing. I must admit, I wasn't going to let him off with that. And while we're talking about injuries, he also talked about one of his highlights was the national run uh, during uh, his first season. Now, uh, me and Rick, obviously, very good friends. Um, the, he he was the cherry on the cake right after Northampton, the fact that we could get Rick Moore to come in. I remember standing on your balcony, Jim, uh, shirt aloft that Rick Moore was coming to play for Chester after all years of him teasing and flirting with us. We got him, and he'd been fantastic. You know, we had that day at Stone. I don't know if you remember. Yes. Anyone who was there would have done. One of the most memorable around the towns you've ever heard with 50, 60 people all around together, the men, the women, the cats, the dogs, they were all singing. It was fantastic. On video. And, and he, he was a different level, with, especially with, with the ball, the bat in, second, in the second game and then in the field. You know, massive reason we, we got to where we got to. Uh, sadly, you know, the Thursday night before, I actually looked at your son, Oliver, and said, lads, if you're going out, be careful. Do not do anything stupid. And Ollie looked at me with those those big eyes, because I was, why are you looking at me? Uh, the next day, I get a phone call off Rick uh, to tell me that he'd broken his wrist. <laughs> yes. I remember that very well. 
<laughs> but the the only thing was I didn't want to hear that, so I just put the phone down. <laughs> yeah, I uh, so, yeah, I think I I woke I woke up uh, woke up in in, uh, in Phil Evans' house actually. Uh, woke up in the morning, went, went in to see Tommy, and uh, I said, Tommy, I'm at my wrist. My wrist's not really not good here. <laughs> and he was, you know, typical Tommy answer. He was like, uh, oh, Don't be such a wimp. Go back to the bed, mate. Wake up in a couple of hours, you'll be fine. I was like, Yeah, yeah you're right. You're right, man. You're right. Anyway, went back to bed, woke up a couple of hours later, and my wrist was throbbing. I was like, Mate, this, is, this really isn't good here. <laughs> so uh, obviously, I had to get my dad to go and pick me up, take me to the Countess, had the x ray. Uh, did the did the made, made the phone calls rang rang Lee who decided to red button me and then rang Chris. I was I was worried about ringing Chris, but Chris, in fairness to him, was was very good and felt very sorry for me. He was gutted that I was going to miss these big games. Yeah, he yeah. rang he rang me and blamed me. <laughs> you know, still, and I think that's when I should have realised that I was I wasn't just taking on a player that I was taking on a, an element of responsibility. Oh, well, you taking on you were taking on the owner of Bunbury, remember? <laughs> <laughs> but they're they're obviously two two like funny tales, or I wouldn't say that that uh, particularly sums up Rick's time at Chester. To be fair, but two of my more favourite stories. Um, but you know, it's been a it's been a funny year this year. Obviously, another year as captain, a year that probably had different challenges. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I touched on it earlier. We 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 seem to play a different format week in, week out, which which is never easy. It's, it's you know, you're batting all the changes. People don't get sort of settled into a role. There's always a little bit of disruption, um, which is not really an excuse, but it, it doesn't help. Um, and then, and then obviously, look, we, we, we didn't have it overseas. Obviously, the year before, we'd had Lloyd, um, who I think... I think it showed this season how how good a player Lloyd was for us. Um, obviously, he opened the bat, opened the bowling, sorry, batted anywhere in the top seven, and did a did a job that not many people are are, are able to do. It's it's just the, the way the way it was. He he hit such a clean ball. He had no fear. He he got us off to off to flyers, or he finished games off really well. So, yeah, missing missing someone like Lloyd taking taking him out of the side is is always going to impact. Um, but then the end of that, we, we we got the opportunity to give some some youngsters a good go. So I mean, you know, Wiggy has done a lot of time in the twos. Uh, he has probably earned the right to come up probably a little bit earlier than this season. But you know, he's he's waited patiently. He came up. He, he bowled some really good spells. Uh, there was there's a couple of games where I think he'd be the first to admit that he, he didn't quite get to where he wanted to be. Uh, but then he went back into the second team. He came back up for for the last couple of games of the season and bowled really well. So, you know, that was a really positive, positive point of the uh, of the season. And, you know, the same with Andy Metcalf. Andy Metcalf did his stint in the twos last year, scored loads of runs, uh, pushed his way into the first team for this year, having got runs in the second team at the start of the season um, and and had a role. He, he wasn't just being picked to, to field and, and, you know, fill a gap. He was being picked to, to, as a batsman that that was also very good in the field as well, which always helps. I think that's always a really interesting mindset for Andy because obviously at Barrow, he was, you know, he batted and bowled. He comes to Chester and, you know, no disrespect to Barrow, it is a step up. Um, and I think the thing is, sometimes I think Andy has struggled with the, the concept that a lot of his closest friends are the settled players in the side. And that's something that he's worked really hard at. The fact that, you know, he's well, he's well good enough for his place 
that he has some really good skills. And, and to be fair to him, speaking to him regularly, he's doing a lot of work in the winter to make sure that he has more of a more of a role. And, and the stuff that he's doing with the fitness as well shows that he wants to take that leadership in the side as well. So we need more more of that from a, a lot of the you know I wouldn't say fringe players, but lads who are coming into the side and trying to settle themselves in. Uh, it's no good the the same three or four guys trying to take a lead all the time. And I think that's important for the the, the side being able to evolve because otherwise it'll, it will just ground to a halt. Yeah, absolutely. Completely agree. I mean, um, obviously, case in point is probably you, Lee. You've, you've, over the last, God knows how many years now, seven or eight years, you've, you've taken on such a massive role at the club. And, and you know, I, I, always, I always get to the point where I think it's, it's tough to expect somebody to try and take on some of the stuff that you've done because I think you go above and beyond. Whereas, you know, it's, it's not... Is that why I didn't bowl in the league? <laughs> you did bowl in the league this season. <laughs> not enough. <laughs> you kept with it. I'd, well, that's all I'd say is, you know, the, the, all these nice words are just wasted on me <laughs> because I should have bowled more. Let's get him and Warren out in the nets all the time. Hey, There's listen, I'll, I'll tell you something. Do you remember, Rick, you would have played in this game, the Cheshire game at, in Newbury when, yes. when Lee yeah. bowled three overs. And I, was, I swear, if not every ball, it was every other ball. He started from a different place. I was involved in his in his in his first wicket. So yeah, it was a, it was actually it was actually a, a willowing mastermind genius move. Genius move. <laughs> well, after one ball going, there's no point having two slips, Lee, because you can't physically get the ball there. We basically we we basically moved just the slip cord into the leg side because we were swinging <laughs> the ball so far down that side. <laughs> And the lad, and the lad, I can't remember his name. Do you remember his I name? He, he, Marcus the, Anderson. The the, the week before he got 150 in some uh, in Middlesex twos. I guarantee he hadn't faced anyone facing 65 mile an hour in swing on the Merlin that week because <laughs> Rick, Rick the, and the, the, this is probably unfair on Cheshire cricket because it is very professional and the planning is far greater than this. But sometimes in three day cricket, Jim, as you've watched many a game, sometimes you just got to do something a little bit random. And actually shouted to Rick. He was like, where do you want me to stand? I was like, where you feel it's going to go. And this lad clipped it beautifully off his hip straight to Rick and we all peeled off. That was pretty much the only bit of excitement in those three days because we were hammered by a very good Barcher side. Um, but, you know, that's why you play, isn't it? Those little moments, you know, those little tidbits because, you know, there's many a time where you stood up out there 400 for one after fielding for 90 overs and you're thinking, oh God, what am I doing? But those little moments are, are, are really good. Uh, back, back to Chester, back to this season. You know, I, I look at the season, you know, certainly from a, a senior perspective and, and it's extreme highs and extreme lows. I think I'm not sure we reacted particularly well as a group to actually coming back to play. I think mentally quite a lot of players had switched off and that would have been easy to do. I think a lot of clubs probably had that problem. Um, where people have kind of written the season off. Um, and then the thing is, like we said, oh, it's just a bit of a friendly, you know, eight, nine game season. It's cricket. Great, fantastic. But then as soon as you start playing, you become competitive and people's, the goalposts move. And I think that was something that, that you found a battle at times, didn't you? Yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying. I think I think we were one of the, one of the, uh, the teams that, Probably, yeah, we, we didn't quite start where we wanted to start. You know, obviously, the, all the rules in terms of how many people in the nets and stuff didn't help. But 
you know, I think it was case in point when we, we played that first game against Nantwich. I mean, we had a few warm-up games, which we managed to, to get a, a sort of big squad rotating in. Um, but yeah, the first first competitive game against Nantwich, the first T20 that day, we I think we got 90 in a T20 at Chester, which we would walk off, well, we did walk off at half-time and think, we're well on the par there. We, we're going to have to bowl really, really well. Well, well you, you almost gave the speech of, we, we, need need to, win the we, we need to win the second game and go out there and show, show you know, show like you've got a bit of pride about you because we've just been bowled out for 90 at home. Yeah. Um, and then obviously we managed to managed to get a few early on and, and bowl them out for 23, I think it was. 26. 26 yeah. it was. Yeah. That, that caused problems for the second game though because I, th- I genuinely think, and we spoke about it afterwards, where we thought it was a bad wicket. We thought it was up and down. We thought, 140 was loads. Yeah, we did. And it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, we talked about it half time. Sorry, half. Yeah, between the two games. And, uh, and yeah, we did. We did say 140 would be a, be a decent score. We I think we got 139. Um, and you know they they got it in the last over. So you know it wasn't wasn't, wasn't a million miles off. No, but, it, was, um, it was Luke Robinson, wasn't it? I mean, he uh, yeah, Luke, one, Luke, one man Luke, cannot. Quite beautiful, yeah. Beautiful, yeah. And and uh, and look, um. Obviously, T20 is a bit like that. One person can get in and, and, and have a day. And, uh, and Luke, Luke's obviously a fantastic player. And, um, and, and yeah, we, we probably didn't quite adapt to him to him quick enough. And he, he got off to a flyer and got them off to a flyer in when you're not chasing, sorry, when, yeah, when you're not chasing a, a massive score. You know, so I think he got sort of 60 off 30 balls. Like you say, that, that's, that's a match winning innings in, 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 that, in that format. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's what look, looking back at those games and, and something that's been touched on near the start is that we, we suffered from pretty much our own success in previous years. Other teams looked at us and went, we want to play this format, we want to play that. You know, I think there was four weeks in a row where we either played a different amount of overs, so 40 overs, 45 overs, 50 overs, T20s. It doesn't allow the team, one, the opportunity to settle to come up with any sort of plans or anything like that or uh, partnerships with bowlers um, and also as well it's, it's difficult for training as well you know to be able to practice those skills the, the one thing we did really well was as soon as cricket was allowed to be played we played a lot of friendlies but I actually look back at that now and go it was fantastic for the club it was fantastic for a lot of people to get opportunities probably used 20 players in first team cricket fantastic giving lads the chance to see where they're up to. But what we actually did do is we probably gave too many opportunities out. And the first team itself, the actual team, the batting order, the bowlers in partnerships were probably undercooked. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you there. It, we, everyone sort of batted in different different uh, positions, you know, bowled in different scenarios. And yeah, you, you're right in terms, of, in terms of the fact that we didn't actually get a, a proper go with our, you know, settled lineup, normal order, um, you know, Warren Goodwin did his usual thing of not playing any preseason games. Finish his contract, man. Well, you might have to say that. But no, yeah, um, it, it's yeah, it's tough asking asking that, especially like like I touched on earlier. We had we had some new lads in and, and asking them to do different jobs at different times in T20s. It, it's great for, for for me and a few of the other senior lads to to work out where they're up to and. And stuff, but at the same time, it's you know asking someone to do a, a different job week in week out in completely different formats. How it's, would how would that select? Sorry, Rick, go on. 
No, 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 I'll finish I just, that. Just gonna say, how, how would that affect selection? So uh, I assume that you knew fairly early in the week whether it's going to be T20 or whether it's going to be a, a longer game. But, you know, you've just had a side that's, that's had a, a great resounding T20 win and all of a sudden you're going to 50-over game. You're thinking, well, actually, uh, you did really well last week, but I need a different side out because it's a longer game this week. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we definitely changed things around a little bit with, uh, with selection and knowing what, what format we were playing. Um, I mean, uh, a, good, a good example of that would be when we were, when we were going to Neston, um, had, to leave out, had to leave out my good mate Andy Metcalf for, uh, for playing an extra spinner, knowing, knowing what the wickets are like there, knowing what, how, how the opposition play. So, so, yeah, we talked about it as a, as a selection committee, um, having, having a bit more sort of horses to courses. I know that Lee's used that term a lot um, throughout the season for, for, suits, for suiting different different games and different formats and, and different places of where we were going to play. Because obviously we, we played at all these grounds a lot. We know what it's like. We know what the opposition are like. So, yeah, it's trying to pick the right right people to fit the right game. Just on, on that Neston weekend, Jim, you know, like the fact that we did go in with three spinners, it kind of, Leads in nicely to the fact that uh, you know, in a, se- a season as a whole, like this, there was a seven-day period where I actually remember sitting in work with Rick, and it's like, God, could win the double here. We're playing fantastic cricket. You know, it was unbelievable. Some of the performances, the way that we were fielding, you know, it just shows what a level of sport can be. Because obviously, Neston went on and won the COVID Summer Asterix League. Um, or whatever competition it was called, you know, they've, they've photoshopped the flag onto the uh, the team photo now. So they're taking it as a championship win, which uh, I'm still going to have my mate Simon Stokes in to discuss that in weeks to come. Um, but, you know, I thought that, we, you know, they went on and won it. I thought we were we showed what a great side we were that week that, over those three games. Yeah, so yeah, starting, starting in the cup game. Um, yeah, completely agree. We had this, we had this sort of, know week week or so where everything everything went well for us we you know, the, you know the cup game like i said to start with we we you know we fielded well we set well so we set a massive score is that 300 odd yeah you know in, in a 40 over game it's, 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 a, it's a serious serious score we ran between the wickets absolutely brilliantly um and put them under pressure uh, then then fielded bold as a unit you know it was, it was it was a battering, like you say, in fairness. And then going into the, the following week, we, you know, we had we had the, the the performance the week before behind us. And I mean that, yeah, that that day at Neston. I mean, it's always nice. To, it's always nice to go to Neston and win. We always love that. And and to win like we did in both both T20 games as well as we did was, was yeah, absolutely superb. And we, yeah, I remember having those conversations with you late where we. Where, we were sort of thinking, Christ, we could have a really good season here, and unfortunately, that was that was probably the yeah the pinnacle, and it was a bit of a downhill slope from there. So was it was it Alton Park the turning point? Um, was it Alton Park? Yeah, yeah. I think it was Alton Park first. You got Alton Park first, and and I think there's a, a lot of you know it's easy to look at Rick as captain and go, well, why wasn't Warren playing on the Saturday? That that's you know we've got a uh, you know, a senior leadership team within within a side, and you know it was definitely something that was discussed as a group. Um, did we see that us capitulating like we did at Alton Park? No, but I think it was a real eye opener for some of our 
younger players because actually I think you know we turned up we 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 were a little bit disorganized we spoke about that and we we played on a, a wicket which 80 was a good score it was wet it was horrible and you know we we didn't bowl straight enough you know it just oh you know it, someone like Ke- keggy would have rolled that wicket up and took it home and watered it some more it was just perfect so i think that what we did find was as soon as we started going away teams were making sure that the wickets weren't flat and stuff that you know we've spoken about a million times on this podcast Jim. It, you know where we're turning up and you know it's not just the batting though as a bowling unit we have to adjust as well and i think that that day at Alton Park was a was an eye opener and cuz the way that the point system worked and the double points we went from being probably 1 to 6 on to qualify to being well out the race yeah um yeah, it was uh, it was definitely not uh not a great return to my old stomping ground. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, look, I, I completely agree. I think on that day, we won the toss. Uh, it, was, it was a wet wicket. And, yeah, we, we, we probably should, well, definitely should have kept them to, you know, 80, 90 tops. Martin East batted well that day. Yeah, exactly. Take nothing away from East. Yeah. He, batted, he batted brilliantly. He, he, he just, he was patient. And I don't think really any, anyone else was that day. You know, no one, no one really wanted to, to get stuck in know wait for a bad ball because at the end of the day it's, it's it is amateur league cricket you're going to get bad balls as long as you're patient with it and knowing that knowing that you don't need to score quickly enough to score you know 250 300 and you know that anything 100 120 is, is a good score he batted, he batted brilliantly yeah. i mean we didn't we didn't bowl very well at him probably didn't probably a bit on me we didn't set, set as good a field as we probably could have done to him but yeah let's say take nothing away from him but yeah, going into the second half, you know they 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 bowled better than us on that wicket. Yeah, they they bowled like like you say they bowled straight. They they, they minimised bad balls, um, and you know it was one of those games where yeah going into the day we were probably favourites to win the game, but at the end of at the end of the game, couldn't the best team on that day comfortably won the game. And from and from then on, Jim, there was a, it, it snowballed a little bit. We've never we've never you know look in the eight or nine years I've been at Chester, the five or six years Rick's been there, we've you know we lose two games. It's a bit of a crisis, and 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 it goes back to the point at the start where adjusting people's understanding of what the season was about. Like I, I in my head, I wanted us to win every single game because that's just how you programmed. But then there's what at the end of the season, if you're not going to win it, what can you get out of it? And I think, you know, you look at some of the players, I think it was a bit of an eye opener to be asked to do jobs that senior players have done for a long time and done in a certain way. Also, managing that expectation that comes with playing for Chester as well, because at the end of the day, you know, a runnable 30 at home in a T20 may be fine for someone else. But it may not be fine for, if, you know, if, if you're playing on that, that flat wicket, you know. So it's just, it's something definitely, to, you know, I think for next season, I think Harry certainly knows a lot more about that group. He knows where there's deficiencies. And the fact is, as well, is there's a lot of guys working extremely hard in the background to make sure that their season's better next year. So it. You know, you can draw a line through some of the last few games, if I'm honest, but that's just my take on it. 
yeah. Um, yeah, look, obviously, we, we had, had you know, a few chapters as agreed in the changing rooms you know, uh, after, after a few of these, few of these games. And, and, it's, and it was almost like, like we touched on, we had you know, some young lads, some inexperienced lads in Premier League cricket. And, you know, it was almost sort of clarifying what's, what's expected at that level and, and you know, what's expected at, at, at Chester, playing at Chester. Um, and it's not, it's not that people weren't putting in, it's just, it's, you know, I think, I think probably a little bit down to a bit of inexperience, a bit of naivety. Um, obviously, there was, there was a certain point where the, where the season had hit a point where we weren't going to win anything, um, which, you know, it, it does affect people. Uh, which you say it shouldn't. Um, so yeah, uh, like we like I say, we had we had some conversations. We sort of earmarked where we want to where we want to be next season and what we want to do over the winter to to achieve that. Which is obviously why we why we started doing stuff with you know Andy's doing fitness sessions and I know I know we've got some some good training. You know, lockdown dependent come a new year to to make sure that we're probably getting back to where we used to be and where we should be um, and. Yeah, I think that's really important to not to not sort of stagnate. You know, we, we're, mm-hmm. it's a big club. It's it's got a very proud history, and we we don't want to we don't want to sort of slip so from you, that. We want to we want to be the group that goes that, that takes that on again. And, you know, goes again. So you don't become a, a bad side overnight, obviously. Um, and I know you're kind of comparing apples and pears here, but um, that that run uh, that came to an end with a win against Witness at the end of the season. Is it fair to say that if there had been uh, a few more games, so let's say the normal season, and I know we played sort of the same sides two or three times during the, the eight or nine games that, that we played, but let's just, just say there are eight or nine extra games. Is it fair to assume that we probably would have turned that round and we would have been pressing at the top again? Uh, it, yes, it's, I think it's fair to make the statement. I mean, obviously, we will never know. But but yeah, look, obviously, when you play a longer season, there's there's probably more more room more room for, for a little bit more failure because you, there's, all, there's there's more time to, to drag things back. Whereas obviously when you play in a an eight an eight week season, then you know you you, you lose one, especially like Lee, Lee said earlier, the, the one at Old Park, which was a double point uh, a double point weekend. As soon as you lose that, it, it's amazing how much ground you you can lose. You know, if you the, the people around you win, then you know it's a it's a proverbial six pointer in the football, isn't it? It's it, it's so uh, it, yeah, it's it's tough in 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 a, in a short game, short sorry, short season to to you know lose a couple of games and and try and get things back to where where you want to be. The the big one for us, Jim, is is that we're that we're still I, I still believe this is the best fifty over side in the league, and if we'd played as many fifty over games as quite a lot of the other sides got to play, I believe we would have been right up there. I, I do think. The fact is, T20 for us has become a bit of a issue. Um, certainly with the, the loss of Lloyd this year, uh, just as that extra hitter, um, just to be able to bed that T20 team in, you know, we've, we seem to have got a bit of rhythm in the sense that Ollie's kind of committed to playing those T20s. He's massive for us at the top of the order. He does stuff that no one else can do. But I just think for next year, it's about really finding whatever you know, structure it is to make us successful at T20 and actually sticking to it and not playing around with the different formats too much. Uh, we've got the national knockout if we want to experiment. We've got early rounds of the Cheshire Cup, early rounds of the T20 if we need to give people maybe an extra bowl, an extra bar. 
But what we've got to remember is, is that it's Premier League cricket, it's first team cricket, and people need to earn the right to earn the spot because I promise you, one, it'll mean more to them, and two, we'll get more from them so, because opportunity comes through good performance at second team level, in my opinion. The Full Toss Podcast from Chester Borton Hall. So a bit of, bit of stability. So the same question to both of you then. Uh, Rick at the top of the order. Now, when Rick first came, he was batting three. I think I'm, I'm right in saying. With yeah. Warren and uh, Rowley uh, at the top of the order. Um, I always, you're going to shoot me for this, but I always put Rick into the kind of um, David Gower category. Does that sound good? The sort of elegance. I know I know David Gower's left-handed. I know that. But that kind of the, the free-flowing stroke player uh, as opposed to the uh, the real aggressive guy. And don't get me wrong, you know, the longer your innings goes on, the more aggressive you get. But where are you best suited, Rick? You've been at the top, top of the order with, with Warren for a number of years. It's worked well. Uh, same question for both of you then. Where should Rick be batting? Um, yeah, I think, I, I think in, in uh, club cricket where I've had most of my, my success would be the top of the order. Um, you know, over the last few years, I've built up a good relationship with Warren. We, we bat well together. You know, we're good mates off the field, and it's it's, it's sort of nice to nice to stroll out there with him every Saturday. He's good, he is good to bat with, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, day, Warren's, Warren's still. It pains me to say it, but Warren's still a very very good player. <laughs> and uh, and look, obviously, I, you know, over the last few years, I've had the, the best seat in the house uh, to some of Warren's amazing innings and. And, you know, to open the batting with him is, is brilliant. You know, Warren, I think we actually actually complement each other quite well at the top. He, he actually tends to start a little bit slower. And I like to get after, I like to get after it a little bit. To, and then we, then we almost switch. Yeah, but that's because you have a net in the week. Warren has his net for the first 10 overs. <laughs> <laughs> catches up. And then, and then he's like, oh, I'm all right now. And then cracks on. I'll show, I'll show you how much better I am. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, I, well, I... I Honest answer, I would say, yeah, I think I've had most, majority of my success in club cricket has been opening the batting. And, and if someone said to me, where do you want to bat, then that would be my, that would be my choice, yeah. But for me, and Rick will probably know what I'm going to say now, I, I, I find Rick and Warren opening the batting is the ultimate luxury, but it's also the ultimate prize. Mm. So, you know, when they stride out to bat, that's when I normally try and sort all my bats out, get myself ready, you know, the changing room empties, you just have five minutes just to get yourself sorted. And if I hear, it, you know, that, that cheer that someone's out, I don't even think, who is it? God, I hope it isn't. So I know it's one of our best players. Mm. And for me, in an ideal world, I'd have Rick at three. One, because I don't think Warren can bat at three because he's an opener and always has been. And I think mentally that doesn't work for him. Um, and I just think Rick's got the ability, if, if we get off to a good start, he can start against spin, he can play against quick bowling. And it, it may just not lengthen our order, but I just think it just seems like, so, you know, if, if other teams are writing down who, who which wickets do they want, they're the two. Because those two can score big hundreds and they can hurt you. And, you know, if they get in, then it's it's going to be a tough day for them. So, yeah, for me, I, I'd probably say three. But look, it's only because selfishly, I, I don't want one of them out early. So, you know, top top of the order. He always batted three for me at Cheshire. That was always my my thing. But 
you know, we've got some really good players around those two now. It's not just those two on the road. You know, Harry last year, I thought was just, there was a period where he was as good as anything that I've seen in league cricket for a long time. Uh, hitting the ball like like a man, an adult, you know, not just running between the wickets. Well, he's the best rotator strike I've seen in league cricket um, for many years. Uh, and he started to hit the ball really clean. And then you've got Al Money, who seems to year on year make that, that improvement. You know, I, I, st- I still think there's more in the tank from Al. And it'd be interesting to see where he sees his, his end position in the order. I think he probably would like to open. Um, and that will come with a little bit more work for him because obviously you, you, if Warren starts slowly and Al starts slowly, then that probably doesn't really work. But so you get your right-hand, left-hand combination then as well, don't you? Yeah, look, it's, ma- it's massive. Like, if you can get that working and they run really well together, you know, almost too well because the rest of us come in and then are like basically susceptible to be run out constantly. Do you know what? Um, Go on, sorry. No, no, that's right. I just just going to say um, you're sort of touching there on on um, batting intelligence as well, and, and uh, I haven't seen this before, Lee. And you just just suddenly made me think about that game at Elworth, which I know didn't go our way, and there were there were questions about uh, Rick batting down the order in in that game. But I've never seen Rick kind of uh, own. A, I've seen seen Rick own a game in terms of I'm free flowing, I'm scoring lots of runs, I've got a great total behind me, uh, but not the, the sort of pressures of uh, having to see things through. And, uh, and again, I know it didn't come off in the end, but it wasn't far off. And you had to work that ending there, Rick. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think that, game, that game is actually a really good example. And, and, and as much as obviously it, it, was, it, was, it was painful to lose, we, I think as, as a group, we, we, need to, we probably need to take that game with us out of any game this year, moving us into next season. Um, because... Like you, like you say there, it was it was just uh, it, it was never good. Especially when, you know you lose a couple early, and you, it was a small small total we were chasing. Wicket wasn't great, but you know it was a small boundary. It, it was it was ba- it was basically a game like you say to to be a bit patient, to you know sort of stem the tide, you know take the sting out of the opposition, and and I think that's a game that we can really learn on as as a batting unit. Um, I think the the bowl the bowlers did a, did a good did a good job that day. Kept them to, I think was it one ten, roughly. Yeah, there, yeah. And and um, and I, I don't think that was a a big score on that on that ground on that wicket. I think that was a it was an all right score. But you know, I, I at half at halfway I, I'd openly say that that I, I expected us to go out there and knock those runs off. Hence why I, why I batted a bit lower. Um, obviously that backfired. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's it's a massive opportunity for us to take some some um, some sort of measure of that into next season, and and you know like like we talked about, adapt to different grounds and different wickets, and you know and, and have that have that bit more experience of knowing that if I just bat if I just bat five or six overs here with no 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 pressure on the scoreboard, if I just bat five or six overs here, then you know it, like I say, it's league cricket and and, and that the, the opposition will sort of, you know, die down a little bit. They, they, they will, you know, hit the back, hit the back burners. They, they can't sustain that energy of being on top of you for, for more than four or five overs. So, you know, you bat, you bat a bit of time, you take the sting out of them, and then then things just become easier the longer you bat. What was great, though, Jim, was, and what is a good experience for those lads, going away in the Cheshire Cup, especially at teams where we're going there as big favourites, we're still Chester, you know, 
all these teams we've put, you know, we've played Elworth a lot of times in the Cheshire Cup at home and we've given them a good hammering. And a lot of these teams, you know, now when we turn up, they are they're desperate to turn us over. And do you know what? As much as it was disappointing to lose, they put it on really well, Elworth. Yeah. You know, they had a, there was a really good crowd on. They were massively up for the game. And again, you know, for that younger group, going there and being in that kind of cauldron where every wicket's being cheered, you know, it's, de- it's like deathly silent as they're walking off. Like, I think some of the lads are used to kind of, oh, well, if, if, you, if, you, fa- if you fail, don't worry about it. There's like a little bit of a ripple mm. as you walk up. Deathly silent. And it's good, you know, it toughens you up. And the thing was, I'll be honest with you, I, I 100% believed that when Rick and Wiggy were in, you know, I felt for Wiggy, I thought he was in. I thought it was a poor decision from the umpire. But I thought, right, Rick trusts him. He trusts him. Yeah. So we he will give him two balls and over. And if you're batting with the tail, if you can give someone two balls and over with no pressure on them to score, you feel okay. And you go back to the Ben Stokes, Jack Leach at Headingley. You know, he trusted Jack Leach to face two, three balls and over, knowing that he was just going to block block the poo out of it. You know, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but the thing is, is that you could see, and this is something I've spoke to George McCar- uh, Metcalf, George McCormack about. George knows he's got so much work to do on his batting because as soon as George strode out to bat, Rick knew he had probably 10 balls. Yeah. And that's where, you know, he ends up falling just a bit short, going for a six, because he knew that that game needed to be finished because if their steamer bowled at George, if he bowled three straight balls, one of them may have knocked him over. You know, so it's it's a great barometer. And it was great to see Rick back with the lower order. Personally, would have liked to have seen him back with the top order and just win the bloody game. <laughs> but that, you know... Got to take it, you know. That, that's the modern world now we live in, Jim. Yeah. You know, if it was the phone in, I would have been ringing up myself under an <laughs> alias name, shouting at him. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good that you mention that because because you're right. Wiggy, Wiggy was again. Obviously, we, we lost the game, so so there's no sort of heroes in in that. But, but Wiggy batted, batted brilliantly. And really well. Obviously, I, I I didn't I didn't get to see the run out. Obviously, I was running really at the other end. I couldn't see, but but by all accounts, it, it was a poor decision from the umpire, and he wasn't. There's, there's no way. That that would have been given out if you were running to that end. Yeah. Slightly controversial, you'll probably cut that. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but you know, it, it it was one of them, and and it, it, I felt for him because I felt he thought that was his moment, you know, to kind of unleash the shackles and say, right, look, I've won a game for the first team, and that's a big monkey for quite a lot of the young lads. Mm. But you know, look, it. it we learn stuff from it and, and we move on. You know, on to, on, on to next year. I think Harry's going to bring a new enthusiasm to it. Um, and you're going to have a, a new role as well to be able to get back to scoring big runs and hopefully back bowling again. Yeah, look, uh, obviously we, 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 touched on, we touched on Harry uh, briefly before. And, you know, we talk about sort of things to come out of this season. And, you know, Harry... Harry this season was, like Lee said, a level above. I, I obviously we didn't get to see the, the other side of the league, but I would have Harry down as probably as arguably the best player in the league this season. He he was a different level. His his batting was was fantastic. He, you know, like I say, it was it was all all the aspects. He rotated strike. He hit hit sixes for the first time we've ever seen him. He, and, he, and then and you know what? His, his bowling was was 
as close to what it used to be as as, as I've seen. He, he, if Cheshire had games this year, oh, does yeah. he play? Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, you, you couldn't not play him. No. Not well, you could you pick him as a batter, uh, well, yeah. or, or as a bowler. Exactly, so. you can pick him as what, what, either one, or, or, or as, or as an all-rounder. Yeah, he, he, he was, he's brilliant, obviously. And, and I think that's that's one of my main things going into next season is that, and obviously that 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 probably be a bit of a role for us senior lads in the side to, to make sure that Harry, Harry sort of goes goes on with that and doesn't sacrifice his game too much. Which he's got to go ask him because we'll ask him about that because we'll yeah because that added pressure, we, added pressure, yeah, it's going to affect him. Me and Lee have both been in that situation now of being of being the captain, and and you know sometimes sometimes to be honest, it makes your life easier to, to sacrifice your game a little bit. But at the end of the day, you know, like 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 Lee touched on earlier, we, when when you when you when you put it very simply, we, we want to win games of cricket, and and to do that, you know, you've got to put the best people in the in the in the best position. And you know, opportunities will always come, and there's always there's always different formats that we can can give opportunities, but. You know, obviously, Harry's now taken on the mantle of one of our one of our big gun players, and and like, yeah, that likes like I say, like that's what we we need him to do next season. Um, I think in terms of captaincy, I think it's a brilliant time for Harry to to, to take on the role. I think he's at a, a good point in his life. He's he's a he's a brilliant. Well, again, we've said it earlier. He's a brilliant bridge between the older guys and the younger guys. Uh, but having said that, I think a lot a lot of people are guilty of thinking Harry's a lot older than he is. He is still a he's still a very young lad, and he's you know he's, he's got an old looking head. Hasn't he? <laughs> he's, uh, <laughs> he's got very developed chin. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but you know he's he, he is still a young lad in, in that, and he is, he's you know he's not not probably not on the peak of his powers yet. So so you know he'll 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 learn on the job. He'll he'll probably lean on on to do with the senior lads a little bit, which is which is absolutely fine. That's what we're here for, and. You know, I think I think he'll do a fantastic job. You know, he's he's a very very likable character around the club. You know, I don't think you'd hear anyone say a bad word about Harry. He's, he's, he's a very and that's good. and that's going to that's going to be one of his uh, things where he he's going to find that tough, Jim, mm-hmm. because you, uh, as first team captain, it, 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 it's a pressure cooker situation, and you, you have people giving their opinion that you're the figurehead of the club, yeah. um, and. Harry just wouldn't upset anyone, you know. I'm not. I'm not saying that in the past that maybe I've told one or two people to to do one, and I'm sure Rick has ignored or been very placid and not, not responded to a few people in the past. But I think it's just making sure that Harry gets that protection and people keep the good bits of him and don't wear him down with all the rubbish that goes with it. Because I think on the field, from a 15 year old lad, he is made for this job he's got he's always there's certain people in the game who are always switched on like they can't switch off and they're constantly thinking fielding positions are thinking who should be bowling and you know i think it's really tough that um that you get that that scenario where he's not in a position where he can affect it and even though he's a senior player, there's too many senior players around for him to get close enough. So it, it's time for him to, to take his chance, really. Yeah, absolutely, completely agree. Like I say he's 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 he is, he's always he's always that guy that, that, that you know runs up to you and says, "Oh, what about this? What about this?" And you know, if you if, if you're in a bit of a stressful situation and you end up snapping at him, you feel like you're you know kicking a puppy. But yeah, he, uh, he takes it, he takes it well. Like I say, he's he'll learn on the job and he'll I think he'll do a fantastic job. 
And he's got some senior cricketers around him to help, hasn't he? I mean, obviously you two, then there's Jack and uh, Warren, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's, there's 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 a lot of people in that in that side that he can lean on a little bit. You know, he's 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 still going to be uh, living up in Leeds until he finishes at uni this year. So there's going to be stuff that you know people people are going to have to help him out with, which you know we've all said already that we're we're, we're more than happy to do and more than happy to help him through it. Um, obviously, we've now as, as a as a society you've discovered Zoom, so um, I think a lot of the meetings can be done over that, yeah. which which will which will help which will help him a lot as well. Excellent. Okay. Uh, look, before the badger arrives, because I have got a couple of questions for you. Um, what about what about those last five years? Isn't your obituary, obituary, <laughs> Rick? Uh, but you know, Lee, Lee reckoned uh, that there's a lot that's happened over the last five years as well. What about a high and a low from uh, both of you on Rick? Uh, high, I think. I think, unfortunately, Lee's already touched on, on the, my, my, my favourite day so far in a Chester shirt would have to be the day at Stone in, in my first season. It was an amazing day. And, you know, like, like Lee said, standing there at the end and having maybe you know, 50, odd, 50 odd or more fans on the outfield singing around the town was, was brilliant. I think that was, that was when it really still on the website, that. Check the one out. Yeah, exactly. I think that, that, that was when it, it, it really hit me in that first season of how, how big a club it was, having moved over. More more people came down as they went on, didn't they? As soon as we got to the final, it was that. And both those games against Stone and then Warsaw, at no point did I think we were winning either of those games. You know, I know in the um, certainly in the the game against Stone, Ash Davis bowled brilliantly. Tommy, I always remember Tommy Mars taking an amazing take down the leg side, looked like a first class keeper. And then you know that that second game against Warsaw, you know. Ross took, Ross, took, yeah. Ross took a catch in front of the bank of fans yes. down the far end. And in front of me, yeah, I remember that. Three foot yeah, in front of me. Ever the showman, he would have just turned around. I Bowled, I think. I remember, I remember bowling from the from the end where our fans were sat and, and Rollo was obviously injured with his uh, broken thumb, but he was down there watching. He might have had, might have had a, couple of, uh, a couple of waters and uh, I think he was, he was stood next to me at the end of my run-up at one point. <laughs> <laughs> But it was a difficult ground to go at. We didn't have a great record there, and uh, it was proper cricket, wasn't it? It was a yeah, big side there. Yeah, yeah. It's always good to get one over on Matty Coxon, who plays for staffs, because he really is abrasive, and he made it very clear when they were sixty for non off eight chasing one ten that they've won. So um, that's for you, Coco. <laughs> that's the one end of the spectrum. What about the other one? Yeah, um, you know, I'd probably say to be fair, the. I think it's because it's fresh in the mind, but you know the Elworth game this year was was a big low point. I think you know it, it's sort of a, it, it's a bit of a, a cumulative over over a few weeks. Like I was saying, going going sort of, I think we went six or seven games without a win, um, and I think that that was that was a real low point for us. Um, you know, at least I take nothing away from Elworth. They were they were brilliant. They put on a great on a great show, and you know we me and Lee stayed for a little bit afterwards and had a chat with a few of their guys and. And you know you could see what it meant to them to yeah. as, as a group to, to win. So you know, take my from them. But yeah, I would say that that is the sort of the fresh in my mind low point. I'm sure there's there, there are plenty of others. I'm sure, but um, yeah, that would be. I mean, you know, there was there was one I, I, just to talk about a different game. There was probably a uh, like we tied at a, a T20 away at Neston, um, and we ended up losing on run rate. 
I think didn't yeah. go through to didn't go through to the quarterfinals, and uh, that was a, a tough day. I think that was that was in the days when me, uh, me Lee, and Jamie were all in it together in the hut, and it was a very somber takeaway. Didn't, didn't Jordan Clark play in that game? No, Jordan didn't play in that game. That was the that was a couple of years later, I think, at home. But yeah, the, the one away was was a that was a tough one. Considering we, we got ourselves in a position, we, we ended up tying the game. We probably should have won the game, and then not going through on run rate was a bit of a kick in the teeth. I, I, I think for for me, uh, Jim, obviously there's been some massive hundreds that we've seen uh, Rick score. Uh, I think for me, that a, a personal highlight was actually the semi-final in the T20 last year when we played against Hyde because um, everyone's obviously like you touched on that he's kind of a, a stroke player. Well, all these funky shots he'd been practising came off and I give him a hard time for being a bit of a sandbag. Uh, yeah, and, and it was watching, you know, some of those lads play some of the shots he did when we got 200 plus was amazing. And, you know, the thing is, is that T20s, I think years ago, go back maybe five, six, seven years ago, I wouldn't actually say it was Rick's natural format at all. In fact, I sat in many conversations at Cheshire level where even one day cricket, we were, we were commenting, oh, you know, does he back quick enough? And then all of a sudden, you, you know, recently, Certainly over the last three or four years, his game's come on and his ability to obviously ramp and reverse sweep and stuff like that's been massive. And, you know, I think that was a real highlight for me. The, the low point, you can't go past Cardiff for me, you know, because I genuinely believe and I've, I've never let him off the hook. I can't even look at him now talking <laughs> next to him is that I genuinely believe that we'd have won a second national uh, and I'd have had a statue outside the Aldi. But, you know... Um, <laughs> We didn't. Uh, Rick took that away from me because he went to Rosie's with Tommy. And uh, we, we can't go past that. I've got nothing else to add. It was a cracking crack night then, Tommy, wasn't it? <laughs> okay, great stuff. Uh, look, um, should we do have a bit of badgering? Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so we know the rules then. Five questions. Uh, don't shout them out. Keep them, and then we'll go through them again and see how we go. All right. And look, you two have uh, spent a lot of time playing cricket together. We know that both at Chester and with Cheshire. So there's a mixture of Chester and Cheshire questions in here. Uh, starting off with the Chester one then. Um, who made their Chester debut at home to Cheadle in August 2015? All right. That isn't as vague as you think. Who made their Chester debut at home to Cheadle in August 2015? Mm -hmm. Food for thought. No clues. Uh, okay, to move on. Yeah. Yeah. Number two. Uh, Rick Moore joined Chester in 2015. Uh, Tess, the dog, has seen most of his games since. He, he uh, not Tess, he scored 17 in a home win over Bramall and played in his first away game a week later. Where was that and who scored 100? Oh. <laughs> Next question, please, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, we're on to Cheshire. 
right. Uh, so how many runs did Lee score for Cheshire in Championship cricket? Okay. Lee, if that is not written on your hand or tattooed on some no, other I, part of your body, I'd be very surprised. I just, do you know what, Jim? I, I, I wouldn't have a clue. I just knew that I averaged more than Jimmy Duffy. Um, <laughs> that's all I needed to know. That's good. Um, just a complete shot in the dark. Not a clue. Okay. Well, nearest wins. No problem. So guess what the next question is. Uh, how many runs has Rick scored for Cheshire in Championship three-day cricket? Not a clue. In three-day cricket? Mm. Probably should have been a lot more. Um, Undoubtedly. Well, if you hadn't spent the time in Roses, it probably would have been. Definitely should have been a lot more. <laughs> um, how many games has he played, Jim? He's played 48 games, and you've played 43. 48? Yeah. There you are. And you played 43, if that helps. Okay. I got an easy one for the last one. A Cheshire question again. Uh, the county club trophy uh, knockout trophy records... Uh, feature Lee once, Warren Goodwin twice, and Rick three times in the top ten list of individual scores for a Cheshire player in the knockout trophy. Not a bad record for Chester. Uh, but who's top of the list? Okay, so Lee's in there once. Top ten people, uh, top ten scores, individual scores for Cheshire in knockout trophy cricket. Lee's in that list. Warren's in it twice. Rick's in it three times. But who's top of it? Do you get a bonus point for saying who it was against? Yes, you do. Because yeah. I know you'll know that. And yeah, I know where you were well, sat when it happened. Well, I know where I was sat. <laughs> Listen, wait, so I'm really struggling here because some of these questions have completely threw me. Oh, no. Uh, Debut in August. Yeah. Debut in August. Uh, it might help, it will help, if I tell you he didn't play... Oh, don't give any clues, Jim. No, no, I won't give any clues. That's all right, then. Go on, then. Go, on, then. Go with that one. Question one. Who made their debut, then, in August 2015? I've got an answer for everything written down. Wait a second, I'm going to have to think of something quicker. Is he still playing? Yep. Yeah. Um. I can see it now. First team debut or Chester debut? First team debut. Charlie Fleet. Yep. Rick. I put Tom Evans. You're right. What, so I'm right? Yep. Yeah. Sorry, what? So we talked about it on, <laughs> talked about it on the podcast the other week, didn't it? <laughs> when he's facing actually, Mark Putty. Yeah, there was actually a... We show each other. Uh, oh, just, I've never seen a cricketer with a more pained look on well, his I'm, face. I'm, I'm, I wasn't. I, I didn't have the second one written down. I was still going for it, so I, I'm in trouble here. Yeah, 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 all right. Um, so Rick joined Chester in 2015, scored 17 at home to Bramall. Then we went away to where? Maxfield. Maxfield, correct. And Warren scored 100. What do you think, Lee? That's all I well, I, I, look, anything to do with Warren, I pretty much delete from my memory, so I didn't even think about it. Can I'm it? struggling here. This, 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 you know, you've killed me here, Jim. No, you don't need to me the answers. I know. Don't worry. Did you not get them? Don't worry. I can always, <laughs> I can always um, disqualify Rick. 
just for being Rick, really. Um, I'll be back in the game here. <laughs> How many runs did Lee score then uh, for Cheshire in Championship cricket? 43 games, 74 innings, three not outs. Highest score, 169. Uh, Hyde, I think. I've definitely, I've definitely undercut. 1850. Uh, okay, what do you think, Rick? I put, I put 760. I was, obviously, I was obviously a good captain because I wouldn't have taken the average one. <laughs> <laughs> you pulled one yeah, back. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> The answer is 2,275 at an average of 32.04. I knew that as well, but I, I'm higher, so I win, so that's one back. Aha, yes. I've definitely this one. I'm uh, back in the game. I couldn't win this from nowhere. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so the same question for Rick then. 48 games. So I've got 2,200. 2,200? No. I've got 1,200. <laughs> okay, the answer is 2,948. Oh, God. Highest score, 175, uh, an average of 35.51. That can still go down, though, Lee, so you can still end up above that. And I'll tell you what, 53 catches, because he's in the slips, I suppose. Did you, did you ever find Warren's championship average? Yeah, I'll do a whole show on that. <laughs> Take too long. <laughs> uh, it's two all. Two all going into the last. Clawed back. Uh, We've both got different answers here as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. this is interesting. Okay, so... Cheshire, right. top 10. Top 10 scores, okay? Yeah. Warren's in there twice. Rick's in there three times. Lee's in there as well. Who scored what, where, against who? Uh, well, you, Go on, see, Rick. I'm interested because you put Will Evans down, but I'm pretty sure that he isn't in the question. No. What? Who's the highest out of us three? No, 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 no. No. I uh, See, I've got Warren versus Wales at Chester. It was that, and then Will Evans at home to Lincolnshire at Chester. Yes, so it's Will Evans at home to Lincolnshire It's Chester. But Lee, you redeemed yourself because you didn't understand the question, so I'm not having you losing out on that basis, mate. We'll have to stick together on this. Sorry, I wouldn't... I wouldn't it's obvious it was Will, because like, I was sat next to you, Jim, for the Will Evans Lincolnshire thing. You were sat next to me with a very large plate or something, I seem to remember. Yeah, good. So we'll, we'll call that a draw then. That's fair, isn't it? gentleman's draw gentleman's draw gentleman's draw alrighty uh, we'll wrap up then Um, final word on Rick Lee look done a fantastic job as captain obviously winning the league last year fantastic and and look I I think for the Chester public the people watching next year I think we've got a lot to look forward to because I think he's going to come back with a bit between his teeth um, and, and have a massive year so Fingers crossed, you can get shoulder sorted and you can get out there bowling as well, and it should be should be really good. Absolutely agree, Rick. Yeah, we've enjoyed it, and we'll enjoy some more. Uh, yes, Jim. Look after you, Winter. Look after Max the dog, who's bounding it's around, <laughs> bounding around you the ground as we speak. I'm sure you'll see, sure see when <laughs> um, We're all reconvene at the start of the season. Yeah. Well, we'll be back. Yeah. Yeah. Me and I will be back. Okay, mate. Thank you all. Yes, Jim. Thanks, Jim. Thank Thank you. Right. That will just about do it then for the latest edition of the Full Toss podcast. Many thanks to Rick Moore for that little review of the first 11 season. To Lee Dixon, as per ever, thank you for listening. 
And please stay tuned to the Full Toss podcast. We'll be back very, very soon with a little rollout from what's happened at the 2020 AGM. In the meantime, of course, stay safe. Catch you next time. Jim Law and Lee Dixon. The Full Toss.